According to a new study, people's ears play tricks on them when they drink too much coffee. You know what makes me really sick to my stomach? Hello and welcome to another episode of Coffee and Psychosis, a podcast that has nothing to do with coffee. My name is John and I'm recording this intro on my iPhone underneath a duvet cover, so hopefully it doesn't sound too bad, but I'm on the run, I mean, uh, on the go. You know how it is, fast lives. Anyway, so today's show I speak to Sophia, who was on episode 3, you might remember. If you don't, go back and listen to it because that's a good one. Uh... Today we're talking about creativity and madness. Both of us have had creativity carve a kind of streak into our experiences. We talk about that stuff, the relationship between creativity and despair. I also read some quotes from Wikipedia to be really creative. So it's all highbrow stuff. I re-listened to the episode we did yesterday. You listened to it earlier, right? I did. Yeah. What did you What did you think? I thought it was really good. Yeah. I had. I, it was really difficult because I kept interrupting myself with new ideas, <laughs> and I realised I wasn't. Yeah. In the podcast. Listening. No, but no. Like oh, listening, as you to were listening to it. To yeah. It. I was like, I was adding bits, and I was just like, oh, that would have been a really nice idea to kind of explore further what we were t- talking about. Kind Anything of thing. in particular? Oh gosh. Um... I think you're one of the favourites, <laughs> oh, judging by the, the numbers. Oh. Yours is one of the most listened to, but I don't know how that means that you're yeah. one of the favourites, because no. maybe it's just a title they like. Maybe, yeah. Yeah, everyone loves the countryside. Yeah. <laughs> I thought, listen, I don't often listen to them back. Yeah. Uh, so it was funny listening for me, just listening to how much of an arsehole I am. No, <laughs> you weren't at all. Yeah. I thought, no. 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 I think it's it because you, you know my face, so you know like yeah. if I say something really dry, yeah, then you can kind of tell that I'm joking. But yeah. if I try and listen to it through a stranger's ears, yeah, it's like, true. Oh, this guy, <laughs> yeah. how dare he ask that? Why is he being yeah, so like, rude? Cutting interviewers are, are a thing, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. I, don't know. But I try not to do it like I'm interviewing. No, exactly. Just so but no, because that's the thing, because I didn't know what to expect. So I was like, oh my God, this is so nerve wracking. And, you know, it kind of comes across. But then also we do settle into it and it yeah. kind of makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I'm also always trying to make sure it doesn't turn into like I'm a therapist. No. So I exactly. always try and be like really unempathetic and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's the difficulty of speaking about something like this, is it can, the more you explore it, the more you analyse it, and then you can't help but be your own therapist, because you're constantly trying to figure out what's happening, yeah. I guess. Yeah, and you don't have a therapist. No, <laughs> you are your own therapist. So today we're going to do something a little bit different to the other episodes, where we're just going to take a particular subject... Um, that I guess we're both interested in and look at it from our point of view. The subject is madness and creativity. What comes to mind when you you think of that? Uh, What comes with psychosis is a real opening of your mind and also being an artist, you open that door too. So I feel like there's a definite relationship between exploring the unspoken, the unsaid through creativity 
Plus also the way I dealt with my psychosis was to go down a creative path and use that as my um, connection, I suppose, or uh, my way of communicating what was going on. And I think, yeah, well, no, but it's true. I'm going to have to de-jingle you. De-jingle. Oh, yeah, sorry. Oh, <laughs> I God. forgot to de-jingle oh, you. my jingles. Oh, no. <laughs> you, you explored your experience post-experience well but that's what I do all the time like if something hurts me or speaks to me or touches me at a level I try to explore it creatively to process it for myself yeah so that's my process of of being able to make sense of the world my existence is being able to channel your whole life through whatever creativity comes you know i think i'm quite torn on it okay (laughs) on the one hand i'm like yeah i think there's definitely some sort of link between being mental and being creative Hmm. but on the other hand i feel like it can be a dangerous idea it's just an old idea that's been around for a while yeah yeah well i mean that's the thing because it's been emphasized so much i suppose in films and stuff like I can't even remember what it was. Peep show or something. No, it wasn't peep show. Anyway, it was a it was a random programme and he was doing his angry painting and it's like, you know, people do automatically go to that level of you have to feel a certain way to produce that. Mm. And I feel that's really interesting because, yes, of course, everyone feels something at some point and it's whether you then have the urge to grab a paintbrush and start painting or whether you just kind of process it yourself through deep breathing or whatever. You know, like, it's a really interesting thought to think that if we hadn't been shown that kind of thing, would we even go through that? And I I think I would. That is my way of dealing with the emotions I feel is I I create and that then lets it go to I suppose to a different part of my brain or a different place in my heart and it it's it enables me to see it in a different light you know yeah I definitely mm. I think there's definitely I gotta make sure we're talking about the same thing yeah <laughs> which I'll go on to in a second but I think okay. there, there's definitely value in doing creative endeavors mm. in terms of improving your well-being and understanding of yourself Mm. i guess my my opening gambit is does being crazy make you creative or does being creative make you crazy Mm -hmm. i could say yes to both yeah exactly um in a way yeah it's not an easy thing to do be creative whatever Mm -hmm. that means well because you you give yourself that openness to vulnerability oh yeah definitely and and also you you find that too if you are going through certain feelings as well so it's it, they do go hand in hand for me i feel like yeah it's it's a it's an it's a vulnerability that that i don't know helps. do you think like looking at yourself mm. the the sort of experiences you've had that's happened because you're a creative sort of person or an artistic thinking person i think the way i've dealt with what's happened to me is is due to my creativity yeah and the way i've been able to process it is as is because i'm a creative person and i was able to see it or work through it positively or creatively rather than 
letting it be a black cloud above, above me that you know, like sucks me down. You know, I could feel that feeling and, and really explore that through channeling it into something else, something physical that can change and manipulate. You know, you can start a painting and it could be really bleak and sad or whatever, and then it can transform the next day and you can actually then bring some light into it. And, you know, you can just keep playing with what it is to create and what it is to have those feelings going on as, at the same time. Yeah, if that well, makes it's sense. like mm. uh, reconfiguring the meanings of things yeah. in a way. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going I'm to read out some definitions of creativity, which is an extremely uncreative way to talk about <laughs> creativity. <laughs> Do it, John. I so believe the, in you. <laughs> most of them are from the dictionary or Google or something. Uh, so the first one is the use of imagination or original ideas to create something. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Does that, does that do it justice? Or? Well, this is the thing. This is what all artists complain about. It's all they said in my uni is there is no such thing as an original idea. Mm. And I kind of see it as there is a pool of creativity that we all tap into. And sometimes even two people in separate countries can have that same moment of wow I need to do this you know and I've got resonances with people I think she lives in Wales and she was she was exploring the similar path that I was you know birds and and turning those into music and just all these random ideas that I had but she's also exploring too and it's like it's really interesting to think that actually you're just tapping into a creative cloud of you know ideas mm-hmm. and so yes of course there is original thought and you can find that yourself through your own existence but also to think that maybe you know you are tapping into something greater as well i think the second one oh, is yeah. and they get wilder and wilder as they go on anyway creativity is a phenomenon whereby something new and something somehow valuable something valuable yeah oh, somehow something think, valuable is formed i think that's what they're trying to say oh, we're professionals we're so professional Mm. It's a phenomenon, they're saying, so it's uh, hard to understand, I guess, is uh, Mm -hmm. something that a phenomenon is. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, an intangible, perhaps. Yes. And then the next definition is the ability to produce original and unusual ideas, or to make something new or imaginative. And unusual is uh, what Mm. drove me to include this definition, because Mm. I think there is a crossover of what we call being mental yeah. And um, <clears throat> being creative, where mm-hmm. it's like, mm-hmm. you know, like, be creative, think outside the box. Yeah. Not too far. Yeah, exactly. Don't, crazy, don't, right? don't go too far. You've yeah. got psychosis now. Yeah, stay yeah. in sight. Yeah, exactly. But but that's what's so interesting about it, because actually it's it's society that is, or not society, <laughs> um, it's the masses that make us feel like there is something wrong with us, rather than like realize that we are just thinking outside the box and sometimes that gets a bit tangled and we just need to untie the knots you know that's fine that's a good that's, way of putting it yeah you should be hosting this podcast <laughs> so my last one is which i think is quite interesting because i think you could swap the word creativity in this definition with psychosis if you mm. wanted to mm. and it is creativity is characterized by the ability to perceive the world in new ways mm. to find hidden patterns to make connections between seemingly unrelated phenomena and to generate solutions maybe amazing maybe cross out that last generate solutions thing well that's not <clears throat> that's not the best way but i think psychosis is a solution 
mm-hmm. an internal solution. Well, it's our in own a way. way of of trying mm. to find a solution, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. But I thought that was pretty interesting yeah. because you know, people were like, Oh, I can see all these mm-hmm. patterns, everything's yeah, joining exactly. together. Everything is linked and yeah. it will make sense now. Yeah, totally. Totally. And definitely perceiving the world in a new way, mm-hmm. that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Absolutely just seeing seeing deeper connections than that most people just walk past Mm. you know i've done some heavy heavy research heavy research on wikipedia (laughs) (laughs) because there's a page on mental illness and creativity i just basically swapped where where i had the time madness in for mental illness because every time i say mental illness a little bit of my heart dies. yeah a little soul piece falls off (laughs) an an angel dies yeah exactly (laughs) um i just got some little tidbits of pieces of research which I thought would be kind of boring and we're probably not the best people to talk about it so I thought we should talk about it um, it says on Wikipedia <laughs> that this is an idea that has existed for a long time going back to ancient Greece the idea that there's a connection mm. between madness and creativity mm-hmm. Aristotle was going on mm. about it quite a lot I think mm-hmm. he went on about a lot of stuff mm-hmm. yeah like he just they, they couldn't shut him up he was just he talking just about knew. everything he just knew he was yeah. a seer like he was he, talking yeah. about biology mm. astronomy yeah, exactly. philosophy politics yeah, yeah. Leave, leave some for the rest of us yeah. <laughs> uh, and to what, going back to what you were saying about this creativity is something that you sort of tap into or channel mm. or it comes mm. from a something outside you that you're just sort of mm. an antenna to mm-hmm. like a source yeah. I suppose it's how I see it that's something that the mm. ancient Greeks thought about. I think they used different words for it, but it's the mm. same. They believed that creativity came from the gods, in particular the muses. Yeah. The myth- mythical personifications of the arts and sciences. Yeah, my dad is really into the muses, so he's is he? he's got a library dedicated to philosophy and knowledge and knowing. He's a druid, I said in the last yeah, one, but yeah. he has he's made his library the muses so each room is dedicated to that muse and that knowledge of the existence basically so it's it's really interesting and i love it there's a there's a muse for each each pathway you choose to follow in your lifetime you know and it's it's great terpsichore you know percept oh no not persephone what's her name Erato, goddess of love like and that's his bedroom always he's mad but like it's just really interesting when you research it and like and they just they knew what they were on about the greeks they really did and i feel like yeah totally need to tap into that <laughs> so it goes on this uh, excerpt from wikipedia mm. <laughs> Some, it's something that finds you that mm. you're struck by mm. not like our modern understanding genius or creativity is something you are rather than something you channel which is how we look at yeah, it now I think exactly. like we've got bill gates and steve jobs or Mm. whoever that guy is who's cleaning up the oceans mm-hmm. uh, the ocean guy yeah you heard about him <laughs> I think with the um, thing he's created to bring all the yeah, rubbish yeah. to him amazing yeah. Yeah, amazing he came idea he's like 15 or something yeah it's yeah. beautiful it's beautiful um, but I think that's really interesting with the it's something that what did you say it's something that is you rather than something, that something finds becomes you. you finds you yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I think that's that's really powerful because when you find a creative moment it does just come to you and it you know it could be your brain making connections and seeing things and you know every time I think of a colour I then leave the house and I see that colour everywhere it's about what your brain focuses on 
then becomes so it's a bit like what I was saying last time about if you focus on the good then you're going to have a good day because it's it's about what you choose to do with your brain what you choose to focus on throughout the day whatever even the stuff that you don't focus on then becomes churring away in your dreams you know and sometimes you can remember it and it's really weird but sometimes you can't but you still you're constantly processing stuff and that's what's so incredible about the brain is that it's it never turns off even if you're asleep yeah tell me about it you know (laughs) well exactly which is annoying if you're like stuck on a train of thought but also that's where creativity really I lost my train of thought. I interrupted myself. Isn't that good? (laughs) How could I? (laughs) The more you do, the more it comes kind of thing. I mean, writer's block exists, but like that's yeah. that's a different that's a different story. <laughs> think, yeah, like uh, is it Picasso? He said uh, mm. genius exists, but it has to find you working. Yeah, that, that sort of thing. So, because yeah. it always pisses me off a little bit when people are like waiting around for some idea to strike them, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. rather than just getting on just with doing. doing something. Yeah, the process of shit. doing you will then inspire yeah, your brain yeah. to go to think deeper and yeah. go more into it, you know? Yeah. yeah. It's like a process mm. rather than a zing. Yeah. Like a light bulb moment yeah. that you're just weighing around for. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. We're, we're getting into it now. Okay. Lord Byron. Lovely. Posh guy. Used to write shit. He says, We of the craft are all crazy. Some are affected by gaiety, others by melancholy, but all are more or less touched. Beautiful. That's nice. It's true. Yeah. It's so true. Uh, Picasso said, The chief enemy of creativity is good sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if something makes sense, then it's you, you've got nothing to explore, yeah. I think. But if something doesn't make sense too much, doesn't make sense to the point where you're like well you're crazy right that's what i mean yeah yeah that's why there's i feel like there's so much crossover between it even when these people aren't necessarily talking about it like this that's what i read into it anyway Mm -hmm. which could be crazy in itself but hey ho and oscar wilde said an idea that is not dangerous is unworthy of being called an idea at all these are song lyrics that i I, when i was crazy Mm. i was uh, like i had these in the front of my mind yeah, yeah. So this one is before everything falls apart, create. Beautiful. And then when it all comes down, it's going to be a real masterpiece. Because a lot of it for me was about apocalypse stuff. Mm-hmm. Psychosis is a bit of a personal apocalypse in a way. Mm-hmm. Totally. I had I had a thing in my diary about song lyrics. Every song I was hearing was really going with what I was thinking. Mm. It's very surreal, and you feel so connected to the to the world around you you're thinking a thing and then suddenly you hear it in the radio and you're like wait that's that's deeper level stuff there like that's not like just coincidence (laughs) you know so it makes you feel really kind of like like it's all like the dream show it is like you feel so kind of yeah validated yeah Yeah. but it's everything makes sense it's so weird yeah when you create something anything you have to destroy something in some way oh totally that but that's part of the process yeah. creativity is destruction and destruction yeah. is creative like it's like you said the rose when you pull apart a rose it's not a rose anymore but then if you put it all back together it could resemble a rose but it's just been transformed it's you not know? a rose though is it what was wrong with no. a rose in the first place no exactly don't be so angry why'd you put it you apart murder it. <laughs> you murdered a rose john <laughs> hope you're happy oh <laughs> 
here are some tidbits from my extensive research on Wikipedia. Mood creativity research reveals that people are most creative when they are in a positive mood. By Mr. Mark A. Davis, January 2009. Mm. If, you, if you're interested in the reference. What do you think of that? I don't know if I believe in this. No? Well, you don't have to be positive to create. Um, people are more creative or most creative when they're in a better mood. So if you're happier, yeah. you're more likely to be creative Fine, than if yeah. you're like you're, glum. Yeah, okay. Yeah, because you have the impulse to to think deeper than Yeah, I mean, I don't sad. know why this is just what this yeah. guy's saying. No, fine, fine. Guess I could, I'm just trying to understand it myself. I could have some idea on it. I guess mm. it's because um, if you're like glum and stuff, then you've got more negative thoughts in your head and you've got more self-doubt and you've got yeah. less self-worth and you think that there's no point in trying to be creative mm -hmm. or anything that you do is shit. So mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. You're just not going to bother anymore. Yeah. yeah. Whereas if you're like happy and confident in what you're doing, then you're more likely to do it. Mm -hmm. No, exactly. Anyway, I'll move on. <laughs> the second piece of research I've taken from Wikipedia is um, this one by Mr. Arnold M. Ludwig, 95, in his book The Price of Greatness, Resolving Creativity and Madness Controversy. People who have worked in the field of arts throughout history have had problems with poverty, persecution, social alienation, psychological trauma, substance abuse, high stress and other such environmental factors which are associated with developing and perhaps causing mental illness. Oh, mm. bleep that out, mm. right? Oh, that's, that's your trigger word, isn't it? <laughs> Mine too, actually. It is thus likely that when creativity itself is associated with positive moods, happiness and mental health, pursuing, in, pursuing a career in the arts may bring problems with stressful environment and income. Yeah, I got a bit confused with this guy. Yeah, so this, <laughs> what, what I think Mr Ludwig is, is getting mm. at is that people who are drawn to mm. arts... Yeah, exactly. They often have had problems with... All these social issues mm -hmm. like being poor, self doubt, and getting treated oh, like, like shit, yeah. um, mm -hmm. racists, and that sort of stuff. Mm. And those things are contri contributors to mental ill health. Mm -hmm. What he's saying is that because if you end up being like a poor artist because mm -hmm. you're pursuing a career in the arts, which is hard to get paid for, mm -hmm. you sort of automatically give yourself that yeah, state yeah, yeah. of mind. That, yeah. that, the yeah. pursuit of that yeah. career is one of uh, yeah. hardship in, in a way. Yeah. So it, it brings out yeah. stress. It creates a stressful environment for you as a person to be in, which in, yeah. then causes it. But then you can't get to that level of creativity without having, or maybe without experiencing that kind of despair that's what I feel like Lord Byron did okay though yeah. he's alright well no fine but <laughs> I feel like there's a, a certain sort of something you have to touch inside of you that that draws it out yeah. and enables you to touch people's hearts who have never experienced that you know it's all about letting people know what it's like to feel that thing but in, not in a selfish way just in a this is a thing kind of way and that's why you know really famous art it, or like art inspires people to connect on that level yeah because they're exploring something that is in all of us we just some of us are more able to we're not able to, but some of us tap into a, a deeper understanding of that. But through that comes creativity and the urge to want to transform that into something. Yeah, I think as well, it's only like the last couple of hundred years where 
schmucks like us <laughs> have had time or yeah. the ability to pursue creative endeavours, whereas yeah. it was reserved for people like Lord Byron in the past. Yeah, exactly. And, and now it's only really people like working class people or people that aren't Lord Byron who, mm. who have sort of brought different uh, perspectives into art now. So. Mm-hmm much more talking about things like poverty whereas what, mm-hmm. what the fuck does Lord Byron know about poverty wasn't he um, Scottish I don't know okay <laughs> if he was I Scottish he, he was probably a... didn't talk like he was Scottish he was probably one of those people that's no. Scottish but it's not really Scottish right yeah. if that exists know. I don't know what I mean by that but no fakers mm-hmm. people are just like yeah I've is got is it because it's I've Lord do you think he's really rich so yeah, he's he got the be, time well, to be creative yeah. but not necessarily you can be a laird in Scotland and that just means you own a piece of land so he could have a family house but the family house could be crumbling and he can only write because he's all he's got is a feather and some ink you know it's it's about well, anyone can have a feather well but in the olden days it would be feather and it would be a quill yeah, wouldn't yeah. it well you just get, get a bird don't you well exactly or go out wandering and find a feather. <laughs> no, you just take off the bird. You yeah, keep but, a bird in a cage, yeah, don't you? Yeah, but if you, you can't afford to feed yourself, you can't afford to feed a bird. <laughs> no, you just give it, like, worms and stuff. Okay, yeah. No? Yeah, fine. <laughs> All right, the next tidbit from Wikipedia is... This is, a, this is quite an interesting one. I think most of these studies are done different to this one. So this was an economic study of the well-being and creative output of three famous music composers over their entire lifetime. The emotional indicators were obtained from letters written by Mozart, Beethoven and Franz Litz. I don't, I haven't, I haven't heard of that guy. Have you heard of that List. guy? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. You like classical music, don't you? I love classical music, yeah. yeah. Is he good? I, yeah. Well, I mean, it depends. Everyone has their own taste, don't they? All sounds the same. Yeah. That's what you're saying. No, it just is very different, and it's like some people. I mean, Wagner is one I just cannot. <gasps> I cannot. Why? I was just so aggressive. Oh yeah, so aggressive. Like yeah, but I mean that's just me. <laughs> I always reference Hitler in every single podcast. Yeah, no, exactly. I've I been think... told, so I'm not gonna. Okay, go. Not gonna this time. Okay, good. Even though I just have. Well, I know. <laughs> Fuck. It always gets there though, doesn't yeah. it? It's really ridiculous. But maybe that's because it's a traumatic event and us as humans are still trying Hope to. Hope so. Hope yeah. it's not because I'm a Nazi. No. <laughs> anyway, I'll, no. Go on, I'll go on with this. Oh so basically this person who did this piece of research got a bunch of letters written by these um, composers and had a look at the sort of language that were used and compared that to when they were most productive as composers mm. Mm. to see if there was any sort of link between the two. And their mood and their mm. productivity and they said that negative emotions had a causal impact on the creative productions mm-hmm. creative productivity of the artists mm-hmm. so they were saying that when they felt more shit they didn't produce as mm. much shit but that's part of the process isn't it you go down you go right down and then yeah. you come out the other side and create it you yeah, that's know? interesting yeah yeah, yeah that's, that's I how i see it it's a total cycle you know you have to go it's through just part of the all process of yeah yeah totally okay all right well that was done by carol j well i'm gonna butcher this name borovieki 2017 Perfect. so that's pretty fresh they said that their findings supported the view of the literature and it seems like the view of the literature is that if you're sad you're yeah. not going to be as creative. creative as if you're happy but just give them a couple of yeah. months years weeks whatever it takes and then you'll see some uber creativity i guess as well mm. one as always there's always problems with these academic people who yeah, just live in houses and don't the- leave 
Uh, this is, but it's very What's interesting to go from like, a, oh, a from a thesaurusy mind to yeah. a creative mind. You know, we don't, and well, we do. Oh, how do I say this? Um, psych- psychologists, people that are able to look at a textbook and make sense of it and do the whole <laughs> physicy, you know, all yeah, of yeah. that, black and white. Yes, is it got like. Uh, bibliography and all that yeah. nonsense well not nonsense it's very important work but, but it is versus also nonsense. a creative mind that doesn't think about all the nit tidbits wherever you as you call it yeah. doesn't think about all of that it goes off on each tangent of inspiration you know so everything each word becomes an idea and then that idea blooms into something else so it's a it's a constant firing of ideas that we then harness when we want to take on that idea you know it's kind of how I see it. I think I know. Yeah. All right. Next tidbit of research from Wikipedia is, it has been found that the brains of creative people are more open to environmental stimuli due to smaller amounts of latent inhibition, an individual's unconscious capacity to ignore unimportant stimuli. While the absence of this ability is associated with psychosis, it has also been found to contribute to original thinking. So mm-hmm. the person who did this, I think it was a group of researchers who did this from Toronto and Harvard mm. in mm-hmm. America, 2003. And uh, there was an article I read about it. And they used the example as follows. The normal person classifies an object and then forgets about it, even though that object is much more complex and interesting than he or she thinks. Well, it's interesting use of the normal person, but I'll go mm. on. <laughs> The creative person, by contrast, is always open to new possibilities. That made me think quite a lot because mm. um, I remember I am one of those people who finds it hard to get bored these days, especially mm-hmm. now that I'm not on medication. That <laughs> mm. <laughs> I could, I think I could just look at a wall and mm. like just not be bored and think about the wall mm. a lot and be like, oh, where are these bricks from? Yeah. What is all these patterns in these yeah. bricks? What yeah, is this, exactly. What does this wall rep- represent? And seeing faces in the marks on the wall and stuff like that. Like if it's a textured wall, yeah. I think it's it. But it is a human thing to see faces and stuff. I yeah, don't know what it, it's paraboya, called. I think it's called. Yeah, paraboya. yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, like, yeah. But that's that's but part not to of everyone, the process. Apparently. Well, yeah, but maybe it is to creative people. I don't know. But it's yeah. being able to transform something in your mind that is it, that it's inspired by that moment. You know, so it, it's yeah, it's a kind of just letting your mind be free enough to wander, and that also is alongside psychosis. But it's like just don't wander too far. Yeah, or you just <laughs> think too much about something yeah. which most people don't think yeah. about at all. So mm-hmm. like just looking at mm. a cup. People would just be like, yeah. won't even think. It's a cup. It's just a yeah. cup. Whereas yeah. I'm thinking, well, that's a hat. Yeah. That's a fashion accessory. I could use it as a handbag. Yeah, exactly. All this stuff. Apparently. It's like, on pipe people, whatever. Like the yeah. pipe. Like, come on. That's like... That's the pipe. pipe. Which pipe? It's like an ancient... Uh, ancient. Um, it's a, a piece of art. Yeah. It's a painting of a pipe. And it says in French, this is not a pipe. And it's just, it's interesting to think of that because everyone can be like, oh, what are they trying to say? Blah, blah, blah. You know, like it's, it's, it is a pipe. It's, it's their interpretation of a pipe, but also it's not a pipe. It's a painting of a pipe. So mm. it's just, it's a way of, of kind of showing phys, um, visually what happens to our mind when we see something, I don't know, a cup. Like, yeah. yeah. So like everyone who, who, is it 
was it sunflowers that Van Gogh thing? Mm, it's not lovely. sunflowers, is it? Is yeah. it sunflowers? It is sunflowers, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So everyone before Van Gogh came along was mm. like, yeah, it's just some fucking sunflowers. Mm. It took him to do a painting and then mm. for him to die. And then years later, to be like, actually, it's sunflowers. Maybe there's more to them. Maybe they yeah. are nice to Yeah, exactly. At. It's about the time you give yourself to then analyse what it is. And that's why some people in art galleries, you know, they just go through and not really care until they find that one that they have a couple of moments with and that actually really speaks to them and that's what I love about art is it it doesn't matter whether you tap everyone as long as you have a connection with somebody that is why you're doing it you know it's it's for people it's not for yourself it's your, your process that you go through to create it yes is totally you but I always try to think of the end result and think of what that would do to whoever sees it or witnesses it, hears it, whatever. Like it's it's part of the process to basically just try and, um, uh, blah, 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 what's the word? Connect. Connect, yeah, with your own experience of life to the viewer yeah. with their experience of life and have a meeting somewhere to then... Make Coexist. something new. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That's why I, I, I think the mm. same thing. That's why I f- always feel uncomfortable when someone calls me like an artist. I would never go around and be like, whoa, I'm an I'm artist. I'm an artist. Yeah, yeah. Just like, you're a twat. Yeah. <laughs> I've got a paintbrush in my hair, but no, I'm not an artist. Because yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that uh, art is something where, <clears throat> the, I think the best definition I can come up with of what art is, is it's something that if you make it and no one else sees it, then mm. it's not art. Mm. Whereas if someone sees it and then it means something to that other person, then it becomes art. It's not mm-hmm. It's not something that yeah. you can just make and then call it art. It has to strike <clears throat> someone else. Really? That's yeah. interesting. Like if you just Did, made something mm-hmm. and just left it in a box. But that's the thing. Half the, half the pieces I write, I don't share because I'm too embarrassed. Yeah. You know, it's all about the self-doubt thing. And I, I write them. I go through that process of right, needing... What? People don't know what you're talking about. Uh, music, yeah. composing. If yeah. I if I have the impulse to even just go, if I go towards my piano, I then start playing. And sometimes I hit record, but most of the time I don't. And that that I think is creative. That is art. But it doesn't mean if no one hears it, it doesn't mean it's not. I think there is. It's like the tree falling in the woods thing. Like if no one's there to hear yeah, it, exactly. does it still make a sound? Yeah. Well, I believe art still exists, even if people haven't even seen it. There are artists that literally they. Ha- scoop up all their stuff because they're having a really terrible time because they've gone down to the bleak they burn all their work no one ever gets to see it but they've still created that work that's still art it just hasn't been publicly yeah but they can't call it art is what i'm saying it's not for them to judge something as art you can't just make something no, and be not like, for yourself no exactly yeah. and everyone's like oh no that's shit. why i think it takes another person yeah. <clears throat> that's yeah, the totally. whole point isn't it you yeah know? well it's about it's about that connection again it's about someone else reaffirming you know if you go oh no his eyes are wonky and someone else goes no i think actually that really works with the shadow of this and blah, blah, blah. you know like it takes that someone else to allow you to come out of your own mind and realize that oh yeah maybe actually you're right you know yeah. you have to have that um Interaction. So you agree? Well, <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't Sounds know. like you agree. To be continued. I don't care, you can disagree. <laughs> Why I've always pursued creative things is because I like uh, being able to not manipulate people, but I'll say that in lieu of a better word. <laughs> I like to be able to make something, show it to someone, and for them to... Respond. Yeah, respond or mm. be like, like throw up or 
cry. I love making people cry. It's so good. <laughs> just means you've touched them. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> like, like making people feel something they wouldn't have felt mm. or think mm. something they wouldn't have thought. Yeah. Or provoke something in them, move them in a way, yeah. in a way that I've been moved by pieces of art or films and mm-hmm. music. But that's the stuff that really speaks to you when you yeah. when you actually get a reaction in yourself. You know, that's that's when you know you're tapping into something. You know, yeah. like, I hear pieces of music and I just can't help but well up. And it's, yeah, you know, I do that too. of course, like everyone does. <laughs> no, apparently not everyone does. Oh, yeah. Okay. yeah, no, different types of brain. But again, that's what we're talking about. It's about feeling something, something with that intensity, I think, yeah. is what I put it down to. And I see the world through vibration. So, you know, your cells and your body are vibrating to music. That's why we dance in the first place. I don't dance. But no, fine. But you, you, you're just fighting <laughs> against your cells, baby. Yeah, <laughs> like, I don't dance. But like, that's why sound healing. So my bowls, my singing bowls and stuff, like, it's all about vibration. It's all about sound. And it's about playing with that beat, the beats you hear when you hear two contrasting notes and those fucking vibrations fucking bats with those singing bowls though, aren't yeah, you yeah what you're fucking over bats with those <laughs> singing bowls no it's fine it's never in the they're night like time crashing into walls because no, but, like, that, but that's the thing yeah echolocation I've yeah. never tried that I did go bat hunting with my mum did you I'll take a singing bowl next time yeah well, try it yeah. no bless them they're so wonderful bats we've got this oh. um, mummy got this in- instrument thing that gets the the beats of the bats the gets them all riled up yeah but you really? can hear them and it goes really loud and you're just like oh my god there's a bat like it's just lovely yeah bats are they're great undeniably pretty cute Mm. actually Mm. despite them looking Mm. a little bit ugly yeah no they're beautiful they're yeah so they're a little bit ugly but something about they live in the dark <laughs> no come on yeah but they're amazing yeah they are they're really yeah. like oh, I don't talking. want to marry one why not do you not mm. like vampires there's laws against these kinds of things Sophia <laughs> And then that's the way it should be. <laughs> Tangent time. So the last one in this section of tidbits is mm. uh, from an unknown source, and that's the way it should be. Uh, factors such as the centuries-old stereotype of the suffering of the mad artist. Well, I don't know if I just made this one up myself. I'm not sure. Maybe someone listening to this, you just go on Wikipedia and find it for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, factors such as a centuries-old stereotype of the suffering of the mad artist help to fuel the link by putting expectations on how an artist should act or possibly making the field more attractive to those with mental illness. Bleep. That, the idea there is that um, I'm aware of this idea that people who are creative are a little bit crazy. Mm. so like the artist who's a bit zonkers experiences at a deeper level yeah yeah yeah. whatever you want to call it yeah and then (laughs) so so then I'm like oh well I guess I should do Mm. art then if I'm crazy and they get attracted to it so Mm. the the, well that's what this geese is saying yeah I yeah I yeah I think um, the impulse to create something out of turmoil is a natural reaction to experiencing something that awful. Not everyone does it. No. No, fine. And they have their own ways of being able to work through it. Mm. So but, it might be natural to me and you. Yes, fine. Yeah. Put these suits over here. Yes, well, they love their little bibliographies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I think there is something to that. Just mm. just the work. Because I, I, I often feel a little bit guilty that I've had an easy ride with um, my identity it's well known that I'm a little bit mental and mm. I'm a filmmaker. 
so it's a little bit more acceptable for me to be a crazy filmmaker than it is for me to be a crazy doctor or a crazy NASA scientist or a crazy mm. barrister or a crazy policeman. Mm. So it's sort of expected by society. So yeah. I, I, there's less pressure on me to be normal than there is for other people who are pursuing more regular fields. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's part of my process is I have to believe... Well, I am. That's the thing. I'm not... I don't believe I am crazy. I no. believe I experience What's the word something. that you have for it, then? If you're, I like, think just I experience one something word. through one word. my own transformation. <laughs> one word. And now... Well, no, because that's the thing. I don't see myself as crazy. And it yeah. helps for me to not see myself as crazy. Because I if I say I I'm crazy, if I label myself as crazy, yeah. then I'm going to be bloody crazy. Like, I'd rather be like, no, okay, so that happened you know now I am what I want to be or at least I'm trying <laughs> like and it, it doesn't help to reinforce that kind of persona for myself no if anything I want to get away from that I want to fly again but obviously not too high but like I want to be able to believe that I'm well because if I think that I'm crazy if I call myself crazy it just gets down that rabbit hole again and that's yeah. not I don't it's not healthy for me to be there it just yeah I, uh, I when mm. when one of the times I was sectioned, I was on the street and mm. uh, there were passers by, and as they were trying to put me in the back of the van, oh, I was uh, I was like screaming at the passers by, like I'm not crazy, am I? Look at me, I'm not oh. crazy. You don't think I'm crazy, yeah. do you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. So I do. I whilst uh, I think it's mm. it's not straightforward as I think I'm crazy. Mm. I call myself crazy or mm. think I'm crazy. Or remove myself from the norm exactly. so other people can't. Yeah. So I reclaim that yeah. because it stops them from doing yes, it absolutely. to me. And you I kind of, yeah, you numb it for yourself. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. I had a similar thing when I, I was totally gone. Um, I broke down in the middle of town, yeah. <laughs> like outside Pret, and in the, but it was dark, like everything was closed. And I just remember, because I'd, I'd stayed, stayed and chatted to a homeless guy and he told me his story and I was just like, oh my gosh. And everything he said, I managed, he was up at Waitrose. I managed to get to Pret and I totally broke down and I just literally had to cleanse myself from all of the, all of the stuff he had told me. And so I just bur burst into tears, but it like it was proper, full on. Like, I thought you said you, you, you just burned him. <laughs> no, no. But like I totally broke down in the centre of town and people walking past, like some of them would obviously would just ignore me. But like the amount of response I had of people going, are you OK? And I was like, yeah, I'm fine, just trying to process stuff. Like, it's really interesting. And then that made me go, oh, I should do a piece like this I should like I should set up something and see what happens with society when like you see someone and who is it that comes and, and actually tries to interact and help them and who is it that just walks by like you know it just got me thinking my own experience like what would happen if you if you do do something if you explore that but then obviously I don't want to do that because that's faking it you know I smell a study that could appear on a wikipedia page <laughs> right yeah <laughs> Take note, Mr. M. Ludwig. Wiki. <laughs> There's this binary that exists in common thinking that you're either normal or crazy. And mm -hmm. I'd much rather be crazy than normal because to me, being normal or thinking that you're normal or that there is a normal is crazy. Mm. No, exactly. So, and it's so boring. 
Well, yeah, Come thanks. on, who wants to be mainstream? Really? Yeah. Get yourself some sort of other identity <laughs> and well, live no your identity. true self. Like this stupid, like fitting in with yeah. the new fashion trend. It's like, come on, really? Like, yeah. Well, anyway, I'd never, I'd never have much luck. Well, no, like but nor do I. I just wear what I want to wear, and I embrace it. If I see something beautiful, I'll get it and I'll wear it with pride. <laughs> All right. So I've got some other tidbits. <clears throat> After this, we'll have a little break and uh, recover from. Yeah. All of this intense thought. Albert Rothenberg from the reputable scientific website Psychology Today <laughs> noted that the list of mentally ill creators who were successful is dwarfed by the very large number of highly creative people both in modern times and throughout history who have no evidence of disorder. Bleep. I need to get a bell in here. I'm going to bring a bell one day. Oh, and yeah. And every time I have to I've say a funny word. I've got a little word. beautiful bell, yeah. Now, like a hotel Proper, bell. Like okay, no, this is Indian. Yeah. yeah. It's too intense. It's too much. Might induce me <laughs> into something. So yeah, this guy's just basically saying that whilst there's loads of um, creative people who have clearly had struggles with their mental well-being, there is vastly more creative people who haven't. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So he interviewed 45 Nobel laureates for the book Flight from Wonder, where he found no evidence of any mental ill health in any of them stating the problem is that the criteria for being creative is never anything very creative belonging to an artistic society or working in art or literature does not prove a person is creative but the fact is that many people who have mental illness ding do try to work in jobs that have to do with art and literature not because they are good at it but because they are attracted to it and that can skew the data <laughs> oh, I get what you're saying this, this is all uh, good to know I feel like we're running mm. around in circles I've only got a few more though so these, these, these ones are examples from actual sort of people so there's a book called I Never Promised You a Rose Garden which I have heard people refer to but not being much of a bookworm myself haven't read by a lady called Joanne Greenberg which is an autobiographical account of her teenage years in Chestnut Lodge working with Dr. Frieda from Ragman and at the time she was diagnosed with schizophrenia. Ding! Although two psychiatrists who examined Greenberg's self-description in the book concluded that she did not have schizophrenia. I don't know if they're, they're just getting that from the book. Mm. But yeah. How can you call yourself a doctor if you're diagnosing people from a book? So they thought they didn't, that she didn't have schizophrenia but had some other disorder. So the narrative constantly puts difference between the protagonist's mental illness and her artistic ability. Greenberg is adamant that her creative skills flourished in spite of, not because of her condition. And then Brian Wilson, you know him, right? Yeah. He was in the Beach Boys, as everyone mm -hmm. knows, and um, apparently suffers from schizoaffective disorder. And in 2002, after undergoing treatment, air quotes, he spoke of how medication affects his creativity, explaining, I haven't been able to write anything for three years. I think I need the demons in order to write, but the demons have gone. It bothers me a lot. I've tried and I've tried, but I just can't find a melody. Aww. Which is quite sad. Yeah. And I think that, that was one I took out because I, I feel like I can relate to that quite a lot, actually, mm. because uh, I often think about demons <laughs> mm. Mm. in a good way, in that they're helpful because they're telling me stuff. Yeah, exactly. Um, but also in that when I was coming out of my rabbit hole um, and put on medication, I found that it took away the part of me that was able to think and be creative mm. to the point where I didn't have anything to say and I was just saying mm. yes and no to people. Mm. Um, mm. I didn't have any sentences. No. Just um, nothing. Which, and that, whilst it 
alleviated some of the symptoms. Mm. Ding. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, it also took about took away the part of myself which I liked, which mm. was one of the only parts of myself mm. which I liked, mm. which was important for who I was. And then that Absolutely. kind of uh, wasn't helpful. Yeah. So it's you lose a bit, it kind of numbs some yeah. some part oh, of you. I only yeah. know through people that have told me, but it yeah, it takes away your creative spark. Your yeah. the thing that makes you you, you know. So the words you use, the way you speak, or d- like the way you describe something, I think is what it takes. It takes away that part of the brain, so that you just literally are just a, ro- a robot. Yeah. Like you don't have that basic that function creativity. Only. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But it is it like it just numbs. <laughs> it is. It, it's it is. like a computer when you yeah. restart it safe mode yeah exactly, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah so I, I think that's something mm. to consider as well so if all the, the what this could potentially go against or screw the data as mr mm. rovenberg of psychology <laughs> today would have said um people who are put on medication and deemed mentally ill mm. who could have been creative are held back by the treatment that they're given yeah totally right? Totally. Which could like just reinforce their problems or allow yeah. them to deteriorate further. Like being or... trapped in yeah, a box yeah, exactly. where you can't actually go outside of the box, like physically but also mentally, is going to definitely something beginning with D, but I can't remember. Um, deflate donkey? you, donkey? No, not donkey. Donkey. <laughs> I took a shot. <laughs> Fine. It will deflate you if you can't explore a thought. and psychosis <laughs> uh, <clears throat> so I was after looking at Wikipedia for 20 minutes <laughs> I thought it was quite funny that there was loads of this research that it's all it's all done by psychiatrists or psychologists or mm. neuro people mm-hmm. scientists brain brain yeah neuroscientists yeah yeah you get all those like neuropsychiatrists yeah and yeah yeah I thought it was funny that it's all done by people who uh, have constructed the mental health system, mm-hmm. or their professions have at least, and that so much in the mental health system doesn't mirror what their knowledge says mm-hmm. on this subject. So the way that they treat people mm-hmm. who are creative people mm-hmm. isn't any different from how they treat people who aren't. So they have stuff like art therapy. Mm-hmm. But that's really all mm-hmm. psychology and psychiatry that's artistic. Creative, or, yeah. I guess there's creative <laughs> ways of doing therapy and stuff like that. Yeah. Like uh, doing drugs and therapy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, there's this little pocket of psychology, art therapy, and that's about it. Whereas I feel like it could benefit from taking on some of these ideas in a more mm-hmm. fundamental way across everything that they do, mm-hmm. the way that they understand people. Or the way that they choose to understand people doesn't reflect what their knowledge yeah. says. Yeah, exactly. I think it's about truly listening to what people need. And it's that that gets lost somehow in in the labelling through scientific whatevers to rather than just hearing what the person is suffering from do you see what i mean yeah, so they yeah. make it they make it fit in the bracket of this rather than hearing what it is actually they're going through and mm. working through that do you see what i mean yeah they thought that me using a video camera was a symptom of my psychosis 
in the way that I was filming everything. Um, and then my camera ended up in a police evidence bag, oh, which is gosh. funny. Wow. And then, and then stuff like they wouldn't give me a pen and paper to draw or write mm. anything. So mm. I caused mischief because of that. Yeah, exactly. And, um, the eyes of the newspapers. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. thing, yeah. Yeah. Uh, which, for anyone that doesn't know, you can go back and listen to episode three. <laughs> yeah. I was, I was in hospital. I was, I was writing a script and I was getting other people in there, fellow patients, to like act it out with me. Oh, okay. And they didn't like that. <laughs> yeah. No, like they stamp on anything that you're trying to yeah. do to process it. Yeah. They then turn that into, oh no, this is bad for you. You can't do that kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. Which is odd, I think. <clears throat> yeah. Whereas if it's in art therapy, it's okay. Yeah, exactly. But, when you yeah. are able to express yourself, it's fine. But you're only allowed to express yourself when we say that you are. You yeah. Know? And that's very controlling. <laughs> and yeah. of course, you're going to feel more controlled and more unable to process through that level of control. Yeah. yeah. So my instinct, as soon as I knew there was something wacky going on, was like, I've got to record this or mm. document it or yeah. write it down, yeah, exactly. record it on a dictaphone, what I'm saying. Yeah. Get all these images of Cocoa Pops strewn all over the floor mm-hmm. on camera and images yeah. that, like, I was burning flowers recording that. Which yeah. is like, oh, if it was in a film, it's like, well, that's pretty metaphorical. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But because yeah. It's, like, it's police evidence, apparently. exactly so they didn't want they didn't want to understand me what i was going through in the way that i wanted to Mm. after like a week or something in there i showed the one of the psychiatrists i was seeing a film i'd done and he he was like oh okay i understand you a little bit more now that was Mm. that was good Mm. i remember there was this one nurse who worked in the night shifts i tried to get him to watch and he was like nah Mm. i'm not watching that i was like Mm. cheers mate yeah. <laughs> so so closed to my ideas. I don't know if I've got anything more to say on that. What do you think? Well, that's the thing is I also did the same. So on the same night where I broke down in tears and it was interesting to see the humans that wanted to help me and the humans that just walked past, that I then took myself to the beach and I it was the breaking point. I was like, okay, so if you want me gone, come and claim me. And I stood in the sea and the the waves were huge and rolling in and really were just... I just said to the universe, like, if this is what you want from me, like, have me now kind of thing. And I got taken under and I got dragged across the stones and it was really for bloody real? dangerous. For real, this oh. really happened. Yeah, yeah. Because I was trying to stand tall like a tree, being like, this is me, this is my world. Like, this is who I am here physically. If you want me gone, I'll go kind of thing. It was, I mean, all sorts of things going through my head. Um, but I got dragged and taken under. But luckily I managed to survive. And I, because I wanted to get this baby boy, basically. There was this boy in the sea and I saw it and I was like, okay I'll grab that and I actually got it which was amazing I don't know how because it was a really stormy night went home trudged through wet as wet as anything totally shaken up because I was really terrified of my life got home the first thing I did was turn on my computer um, camera and record all the scratches and bruises that I got on my leg and it's basically this video of me just breaking down when I'm seeing it for the first time myself on the camera that's being filmed that's filming it and it's I then use that in my degree show it's just people didn't even know it was me they were like wow who's that actress she's amazing and I was like it's me actually feeling that at that moment in time it's real guys (laughs) like and it was just really interesting like I felt I needed to document that I know it's ridiculous and but there was something that happened that night no exactly but there was something that happened to me then that made me really want to 
keep hold of that and and know that that's what happened to me and know that that's what the sea did to me and you know it was all a process and that's how I was able to channel it it's like I know that that's how far I can go and that's how how long a line I can take but you know I know that actually when enough's enough because I could have died you know and that would have been my story and no one would have even known like it's better to you know now I know not to push myself that hard and I guy swimming in the yeah. storm <laughs> but it was more like it was a final thing for me my own process of you know I was too scared to kill myself even though those were the thoughts that were going through my head like I didn't want to go and I could never do it that oh, knife ugh, gross but like I, like I, I remember starving myself I didn't eat and you know I kind of shut down that way like oh a bit like Buddha you know when he just sat under a tree and he it was an apple or something I don't really know the story but like shutting yourself down to that level of of existence where you your breath you take is that's it you can slow it right down i was doing like a breath every 2 minutes and it's amazing and actually i read i've been reading <clears throat> indian philosophies and stuff and actually that they some of them believe that each breath you take is kind of how do i put this not preordained but each breath you have as a human is is breath is just really important and really powerful and the deeper breath you take the deeper your connection to self or the universe is does that make sense yeah although the deeper yeah. breath i take the more my lungs hurt. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> yeah yeah but being able to channel that um existence and making it pure consciousness rather than yourself so you know? are you saying like the whole experience of being mental itself whatever you want to call it mm. that's a creative process in itself yeah I suppose so yeah. yeah yeah like in the same way that you'd explore a thought through a painting yeah you know, you're kind of thrust into an exploration of yeah. your mind of or thought yeah what reality is yeah exactly yeah done then finished yeah, yeah. done no. first off <laughs> Was, yeah, so the whole this whole thing, I guess, is about the sort of link between mental health and creativity or madness and creativity or whatever you want to call it. And I always think that that link is it's often something that's romanticised a lot. And I feel like that is quite a dangerous way to go. It's been dangerous for me in the past. There's a, there's a danger that you can sort of feed it by going into it. I know mm. for me, I was like, yeah, I'm going to go as crazy as I possibly can and I'm going to write and mm. draw and film mm. this and sort of yeah it's like an obsession each other. almost yeah and you you the more you go into it the the more um, snowball yeah, yeah totally and it's but again it's about the focus so if you if that's what you choose to focus on and that's the pathway you create then that's going to you're going to explore more and more and that's the beauty of the mind is it's literally it just it just takes that level of focus and sometimes you can choose that focus but sometimes it just comes to you and it's about how you how far you want to go down yeah the rabbit hole <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was, yeah. I, I've, I've come upon this epiphany in the last few years as well as I think that when I was in the midst of it all I've ne I'd never felt more creative than when mm. I was in that moment and in that state so I had loads of ideas, but I wasn't making anything. Or I wasn't yeah. being like productive with it. Yeah, yeah. So I, like looking back, whilst at the time I thought that that was like a really creative state to be mm. in, mm. it wasn't 
a very productive state to be in. And mm-hmm. now if I think where I am now, where I've been in the past, where I've been schmoozing around with the blues, haven't really done that much stuff. And then where I've been a little bit more content with life, I've done a lot more stuff. Mm-hmm. So I've changed quite a lot of my view of it, whereas I used to be like, yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Mm. being mental is definitely good for being creative well absolutely it opened a part of my mind like I remember um I came up with this whole I think it was a performance slash installation slash creative world that I invited people into but it's this it was an idea it started as an idea and the more days I explored it the bigger and bigger and bigger the idea became and it and it's amazing I mean it's all in my diary and it's all written down and I'm like I remember that process and thinking, oh, my God, this is amazing. Like, this is proper, proper creativity. Like, I was just firing ideas off and I had to write it down. Like, that was the only way I could document it because it's all happening in your mind. And unless you have it physically, it's forgotten. But the thing the thing I find most interesting about the creative process or consciousness is when you have an idea, there are some people that can take that idea and bloom it into another idea and you go all the way out until you then actually hone it down and come back in and refine it to its simplest form. And those are the most, I suppose, powerful pieces of art or whatever because you've gone out to come back in you know rather than yeah so that but that's how my mind works I always have to go and think and think of the stars and then I come back in but it's like if you get trapped when you're trying to be on the creative process and someone goes oh that's shit it stops you (laughs) and then you're like oh well where can I go now like and it it just kind of makes you see what I mean it's yeah in a way yeah well I I always love it when people say have Mm. much more of a response to negative See, I, I, did, I changed my degree show five times. I did five different degree shows because it would take one person's comment and I would change the whole thing. And it's just like oh. I needed... Yeah, well, not... I mean, elements, I'm I'm elements of wrong. the thing. I know. And, but that's the now. thing. It comes down to self-belief. And yeah. be, I would let, I'd let some person's one comment affect the whole of me. And I do that throughout my life. And I'm only just realising that actually... I'm great. I don't need to be swayed by other people's opinions of me. Yeah. I can try and and give back some of my love, you know, instead of giving it all out to the world, I'll just rein it back in and actually I I need to be worthy of myself. I need to feel that I have I am worth it, you know? Yeah, you go girl. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Should we say like what the st- the stuff that we do that classes us as creative people? So I make mm. films and stuff. Mm-hmm. And you do all kinds of stuff, don't you? I do all sorts of things. That's the thing. It's like for me, the creative journey is is whatever takes my fancy at the time, I suppose. So like, yeah, I do sound healing. I've got really into. So my bowls, my singing bowls, they, they were what helped me get out of the despair I was in. It was about connecting to that resonance of sound and giving yourself that own sound bath does that count as creativity though i think definitely not as much as the music you do though well no fine but it is my music so i went to edinburgh and did that as an artist you know i was on stage with the actors yeah Yeah, yeah. working with them to make a soundscape with my bowls and it's it's about tuning in to the acting like the beautiful play i was in 
and and being sensitive enough for them to carry, but also to bring the ambience to enhance the play. But then also they got a sound bath, <laughs> so they had like a meditation and a play in one with the audience. So it was great. But yeah, it's a it, yeah. You do like drawing sometimes, don't you? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I, yeah. yeah but and I'm not very confident in it. You make it's, like. Mm, I love Sculpture blind drawing. Things. Blind drawing is my favourite because it, it's a subconscious thing. So you don't... It's uh, For me, my conscious mind kicks in when I'm holding a pencil or a brush and I I get to, oh, no, that's not right. And, oh, that's not, and if I do it blind, I have more of a kind of shape, I suppose, and it feels more natural. I don't allow my mind to take over and it's a real kind of process. Yeah, but yeah, I also sculpt. I do willow sculptures and lanterns and and. Do you think big meeks? <laughs> do you think you do all that stuff because you want to or because you have oh, to? Oh yeah, I've spent my life creating. I'd like you know, give right. me a piece of play dough and I make a little little thing. You know, because you want to though, or because you like oh, you yeah. need to. Oh, good. I need to. Yeah, I need to express. Yeah, totally. Where do you think that's what makes people different? the people that maybe they look at a pencil and see a pencil or yeah they see like a well that's a the knife. thing i think yeah i think um it's about how you express yourself i think so some people are happy expressing themselves i don't know i'm trying to think of a non-creative way of expressing yourself watching tv yeah, they like to switch off and just watch. I don't know, four in a bed. <laughs> Write a review on, yeah, on exactly. Yelp. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, and that's their way of switching off, or that's their way of unwinding. But the thing is, we're not talking about unwinding; we're talking about um, expression. And I feel like I feel so much with the world. I'm constantly present, constantly actively looking that I need to somehow get that out of me as well. If you see what I mean? So, like, I can't switch myself off. Like, I can never just, you know, it's never just a room to me. I always see every single bit of the room. And if so, if I can I can leave the room and come back in and I can notice what's missing, Shit. you know, it's like, yeah, proper... not steal anything from your house. <laughs> yeah, but it's like, but that's just me. And unless I do something with that, brain to express that and and work through that it will all just be in my mind and it would just be like fragments of nonsense you know i need to, i need to somehow create something with those things yeah <laughs> you had that you had that feeling when you were going through it all same as mm. me is that yeah you, mm. you had to had to do something yeah like yeah, get yeah. it out or record it or mm -hmm. yeah. turn it into something. Yeah, transform it. Because mm. otherwise it, it becomes a just fragmented reality. Mm. Not mm. everyone has that though, do they? Mm. It's another reason why we need more words than just psychosis, I think. Yeah. So, well, there's similarities. There's so many differences in how people respond or what people do when they're going through that state. Mm. Well, it's psyche, isn't it? That must be where it's from. Psycho. What the word? Like if you try oh, and yeah, break that's down, where it's from, yeah. yeah, yeah. But if you think of actually what that means, and your psyche yeah. is your consciousness, Mind or soul. exactly. Then it's, it's like, the Greek. yeah, exactly. And actually, we are just souls yeah. in this existence. And, and I think is it osis means abnormal state or condition. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. It's like, well, who's to say you have a normal, not abnormal state of condition? So why are you judging me on my state yeah. of Mr. Ludwig psychic. I believe <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> is, yeah. The, is the person mm -hmm. you don't want to talk to <laughs>
the opening gambit? Does being crazy make you creative or does being creative make you crazy? Yeah. Well, I can only go through what go by what I went through. So uh, through my process of being crazy, little bunnies, um, I allowed myself to explore whatever it was that my mind was exploring. And I used guides because obviously my dad's druid. So he gave me his tarot cards. And in that I drew, I did the flying bird tarot. I mean, if you know about tarot cards, you'll understand. I don't really understand, but it's fine. Um, But as I, the first card I drew, really spoke to me it was amazing it was it was schizophrenia was the card <laughs> it was <laughs> like, actually called it schizophrenia. was called schizophrenia it doesn't seem I, very tarot i couldn't believe it exactly yeah. i couldn't believe it i was like i have never ever drawn this card in my life i had no idea yeah. there was a schizophrenia tarot card yeah, it does seem a bit weird it was very bizarre but that's what i mean by connection and existence and consciousness like yeah. it is all it all makes sense to your own mind do they have other cards though like well yeah like- of course they have cards for everything they yeah. have yeah what, yeah, like- yeah but it's about you and what your mind or your channeling at that time. So when you draw it, it's it's another dimension speaking to you. And either people believe in it or they don't. But I felt I needed some sort of guidance it, through my own whirlwind of an adventure. I needed something to kind of give me something back. You so know. did you, at that time, mm. did you relate to the word schizophrenia? Well, it, I or looked at the picture. I didn't read the word first. I looked okay. at the picture and it's this man... Um, falling but not quite into a cave into blackness but the thing about this card is I drew it upside down so actually he's he's falling out of the blackness and that's what I found really interesting because it was reverse so um, you could be falling or exactly you could be falling or floating which is exactly what I was doing I was going up and soaring with the skies but then I would come plummeting back down and go into gloomy again so it was like it was a proper like eye-opening experience for me so I guess it's like um from your point of view, you were flying, but if someone else was holding the card and mm. it, they were looking at it from a different perspective, yeah. you were falling. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. This is the schizophrenia card I drew. Yeah. And, um, and you've written down... I wrote down the description in the booklet that comes with the cards. Oh, okay. So this is from is. a description. This is the description. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I've just this, I found such relevance in the description that that's why I wrote it down. Okay. The person on this card brings a new twist to the old idea of getting stuck between a rock and a hard place. But we are in precisely this sort of situation when we get stuck in the indecisive and dualistic aspect of the mind. Should I let go my arms and fall head first, or legs go and fall feet first, here or there? yes or no and whatever decision we make we will always wonder whether we should have gone the other way the only way to get out of this dilemma is to let go of both at once and uh, you can't work your way out of this one by solving it making lists of pros and cons or in any way working it out with your it's really hard because i also did loads of diagrams and they're all over the top of it so it's hard to read anyway i just think okay so i then tried to analyze it myself and i said anyway working it out with your something better to follow my heart if i can find it or it or if i can't I'll just jump and my heart will be breathing so fast there will be no mistake about where it is. Schizophrenia. (laughs) Um, 
Uh, That's your interpretation. That was my interpretation at the at the time. Yeah. So what is this book to you then? What is what is it? It's a, this cr- is, it's a creative way you've interpreted. This was everything. yeah. This is my diary, and it's got loads of scribbles. Much neater than mine. Random. Um, <laughs> really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah it's got um, just explorations of my journey through whatever it is I was suffering from at the time at the time yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and does it make sense to you now yeah, yeah it does all of it well yeah because I remember it that's the thing looking back onto something you've written you know you find a new clarity in it kind of thing because um, none of mine well maybe like 90% of the mm. stuff that I was writing down doesn't make any sense mm. to me now mm. maybe like 10% of it maybe I'm just mm too old to understand it now mm. I don't know <laughs> but does it not trigger that thought in your head loads yeah. you, of it's really hard yeah. to read it's just scribbles well I know it. exactly I mean this has got spotty bits on oh yours is yeah. way neater <laughs> really helped me to keep a diary of it because then you've got a documentation because that was a thing it was like because I kind of shut down and I was too scared to tell people what was happening Half of the stuff I thought I'd said, I didn't actually say because I was too frightened. So then you're like, well, was that a delusion or was that real? Like, And so that's why I felt writing it was better because then I knew that that wasn't just a thought in my mind or a, a voice in my head. It was actually something that did happen. That you couldn't tell anyone, so you had to be creative in how yeah. you yeah, exactly. got it out because yeah. you needed to. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's why a diary is great because it's your personal thing. You know, you don't have to show anyone. No one took yours off you. No, no. (laughs) I got rescued by my dad. You were sitting going to police evidence. (laughs) I do wonder if anyone watched that at the police station. I'm sure you can get it back. No, no, I did get it back. Oh, good. Oh, good. Okay. Oh, what if they ever sat around to watch yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Like cup I, of tea? I did. I, I, I'm guess that just made me feel like a criminal. I think mm. what they must have thought mm. is that, like, oh, what if he's murdered someone and filmed it? Which would oh. be a, that's like, what kind of murderer does that? Mm. That's mm. a terrible idea. No, I know. Who do they think they're dealing with? <laughs> Where do we go from here then? You were mm. telling me earlier about the uh, confetti. Oh yes. Tell us the story about that. Yeah, so, well, for my degree show, I explored... Um, and let me hold you up for a second. Yes. When you were doing your degree show, mm. what kind of state of mind were you in? Oh, yeah, no, the three the three ghostlings were with me on the first day of my uni. So I was, yeah, I was still seeing spirits and hearing voices yeah, and stuff. So, yeah. other people were, like, not no, of aware of that? No. Right, okay. No, but I was still there to be creative on the course I chose. Yeah performance and visual art music it was gorgeous um so yeah i used my degree show as a way of channeling what happened to me so i made it about orpheus and eurydice a greek myth (laughs) um and she dies on their wedding day and gets taken to the underworld and i paralleled that with my own underworld experience of my own mental health my own psyche and i made it all about just my own transition and actually it was oh and orpheus his her his her husband who comes to get her and rescue her is the starter of music in greek mythology so for me that was a real um everything connects yes exactly (laughs) but also in the in in the myth she gets bitten by a snake and that's what kills her and takes her to the underworld but what happened to me was i was given the only medication i ever took for it was this homeopathic medicine that my 
my father's friend made and it was snake venom and I could feel it going through oh, my body and it felt like loads of tiny snakes I know but it was only a tiny bit so that my because I was a mute and I was dead on the sofa I was dribbling I wasn't even conscious you know I was just there in my black thoughts and I took this this homeopathic drug that was snake venom and it slowly but surely made me sit upright and suddenly I was I was coming back to the world and I was I was actually present again rather than being so lost in my underworld you know so it was a lot of parallels between my own thoughts and feelings of being um mentally ill oh god ding ding (laughs) (laughs) And, and exploring my music and so for me it was all about music and creation creating was the way that I came back from that you know so yeah that's that's what about the confetti bit so for the so yeah it's her wedding day <laughs> um, and eventually so I lead them through the gardens and I've got um, the punters yeah the punters the people that came yeah to yeah. my degree show I only I, I had to make it because it was set in my gardens it was beautiful and it was supposed to be live musicians that just stum- people stumble across and I'm there as a like a wraith in the distance they see me in a wedding dress but they never see my face and I'm there darting in a mat in and amongst and I wanted musicians and just installations and stuff but then when I hired the gardens for 200 bloody quid they said I wasn't allowed live music so like two weeks before my degree show I had to give everyone headphones iPods and had to transform all the all the music I'd written into digital for then people to come so I only managed to get 15 people to my degree show because I only had though. only have 15 iPods in the uni but anyway I digress. Um, so they come through and they have... So it's basically me reading excerpts from my diary, but then also the therapist's um, conclusions of who I was and oh, what really? I was going through. So, yeah, it was a whole process. So it was me saying what I'm feeling and how I'm feeling it and then a therapist's version of what I am and who I am. And so it was that was what they were hearing in this magical gardens, you know? like So it was a real constant balance between beauty and like gloriousness of nature but then also this psychologists yeah the psychologists <laughs> and doom and gloom and horrible but anyway I lead them to the church this is right by my house and in there I've made um, a surround sound piano box so I used a piece of fishing line on the piano um, strings themselves and I, I tied them all together so that I was playing three at a time and I was trapped in the centre like a music box so like a little ballerina and I was trapped playing music forever in ha- in Hades <laughs> church um, but I also had three walls of um, gongs and three tables of singing bowls so it was all in threes um, and I just made this sound soundscape in the church and I was playing the piano and I didn't know how to end it and oh and I poured confetti so I I basically took parts of my diary printed it out onto tracing paper and then cut them up so that right at the end when I get the church bells ringing um, the confetti pours over me and it's just little fragments of my memories or you know delusions whatever it is from my from my diary and they're like pouring over me but at the time I was like oh god I haven't thought of how to end it like and so I basically just stopped and just looked towards the light because the only light there was the door and I looked towards the door and it was like the perfect shot of it was me my piano oh and I had my mum and and her friend spinning the pianos as well with spinning wheels so that's another thread of of 
sorry there's another thread of um greek mythology they believe that there's a thread that cuts that you oh, can yeah. Cut. Yeah, yeah i've seen disney's version yeah. of hercules yeah <laughs> exactly but like there were loads of elements anyway um but the end shot of me with my pianos the walls of gongs and the singing bowls right at the end of the church it just says till he come and i thought that was just the perfect image the perfect tableau to end on it was me just still but then my mum started crying so like oh, i started crying but i was trying to be no she she was oh, okay. just because she knew it was the end and the oh. bells were ringing and the confetti had fallen like it was all really beautiful and I just I couldn't help but cry but I was trying to be as frozen as I could be for that moment you know and then people just kind of stood there and they, they didn't know what to do because they were so shocked with everything that they'd been given you know this is my life this is what happened to me this is how I chose to show you you know and then they just stayed with me and just looked and I was like this is never going to finish is it <laughs> like, it was amazing and then they just left and I literally didn't hear from any of them again <laughs> and I was like wow three years of my life for half an hour show to 15 people I have no idea where any of them thought of it like that was it that Should was have my life some feedback forms. I know I did I had this memory <laughs> tree and I asked people to think of a memory they wanted to keep forever beyond death and a memory they would just forget forever and I wanted a pool of water with rice paper for the ones they want to forget and hang the tr- leaf on the tree for the ones they want to keep um, so that was kind of my way of of getting the audience to get involved um, but I only got two leaves <laughs> I know a, that, that confetti <laughs> idea I quite like that idea because yeah. you were taking bits of your experience written on paper and mm. um, like tearing them up mm. uh, yeah and re- so they're fragments them. yeah, yeah so, exactly and were you thinking what I, I'm what comes to my mind in that is that like it's quite a fragmented experience yes of course because yeah. okay. you have little snippets of information and yeah, you're yeah. like was that real was that a dream yeah. did I think that well, and that's the point of it so for me that was that was my way visually of explaining what it's like <laughs> to have psychosis because you have a thought and you're like was that real did that actually happen was I actually with that person or like and it's just it just is it's like whispers lots of whispers and fragments and you just don't know yeah and you did all that when mm. you were uh, when like, I was also like sectionable yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's pretty good though that's impressive <laughs> so do you think it, that that whole thing would have turned out better or worse if you were in a, a, a regular state I think well that's the thing is I, I wasn't I wasn't dancing with the trees at this point I was is that after I'd, it was after but just after I was still seeing spirits and stuff so, it, so you'd already been to the woods I'd already been to the woods yeah, yeah. but I was also I saw a druid in the in the quad like you know <laughs> I was still very much connected to that part of me but I was still compass enough to be able to do well I mean I wasn't very good at the writing bits but to be able to do my course you know but visually I was right there but I struggled very much to put it into words and that's why like, I think my dissertation like I, I wrote a 5,000 piece essay and it was all totally wrong. So I had to write another one because <laughs> I did like an autoethnography, it was called, my dad told me. And it was about, yeah, it was about basically saying this is, this is why I've chosen to do this. Like this is my, this is what happened to me, blah, blah, blah. Um, but like, bless him, my tutor was like, this is the most honest and open piece of writing we've ever received from a student. But sadly, and that's why we I can't to, use it. Yeah, that's why <laughs> yeah. I can't grade it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Exactly, because it wasn't what they wanted, which was, you know, I just wish I could do it all again. What do you think? Have we covered it? 
<laughs> what do you think? Is there anything more you're going um, you, you to talk yeah, about? I think, yeah, I think I maybe digressed a bit no, no, from it's creativity. Okay. That is an hmm. example of creativity. Yeah, well, it was my way of being able to make sense of the craziness through creativity. So, yeah. Making sense of things that people think is nonsense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But only because they don't understand. And I think that's the point. It's about understanding. And that's maybe what drove me was to try and let people understand what it was I was experiencing. And I think that's what art is, isn't it? It's a window into someone's world. Which is also a window into the viewer's world. Yes, yeah. exactly. It's a channel. It's a window and a mirror. Yes. Boom. <laughs> Ooh, lovely. I don't know what that means. <laughs> it means something. <laughs> you can work it out. This has nothing to do with coffee.